It is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Matt Jones. Nick Fidele is with me, and we are having a fun time in our third hour here. It's drive time on the East Coast, and knowing that, we had to bring on Tim Kawakami the athletic with the athletic for the Bay Area. Now, before we get him to talk, he has a podcast, the TK Show podcast, and it is a terrific podcast. And he had on Jed York. He's the 49ers CEO. This was on August 19th. So this was, what, 11 days ago. And he asked, and Tim asked him if Jimmy G could end up staying on the roster just 11 days ago. And this is what he said. You can't have enough good quarterbacks and good football players. And again, like I'm not going to get into roster discussions and what John and Kyle want to do, but I will support them in, in sort of anything that they want to make this team as good as it can possibly be. I watched it with Joe and Steve, and I realized that the salary cap is different today than having no salary cap. But I mean, we've said it before, we're happy to keep Jimmy. You know, we're, we're happy to, to have him on the roster. If that's the case, then that's the case. All right, so that was 11 days ago, and Tim, that was the TK Show podcast. Tim, at the time, I think I heard these comments, and I thought, well, that's odd because everything they're doing is suggesting he will not be there. They're not even letting him practice. How did you view the comments then, and now that he's staying, how do you view them now? I I just feel stupid because I was actually the person who asked the question, and he told it to and it kind of flew over my head. Now, I will – one copy at it. He, he's been saying this for months. So, you know, th- this – even when by every account, including Kyle Shanahan's and John Lynch's just today, that they did not expect it to end this way. They absolutely expected that they would either trade Jimmy Garoppolo or, or release him. And that's not what happened. <laughs> but uh, – so given that, given that Jed York has kind of said this, Early, you know, to maybe just to protect the value, to maintain that they could keep them so they can try to get some trade value. Uh, but the tone did change, and I failed to pick it up <laughs> uh, because it did happen. You go back to look at those quotes and say maybe there was something going on here, at least, you know, them kind of rolling the possibility around in their head. I, I don't think it was happening at that moment. I just think they began to entertain the possibility of it, maybe talk to Garoppolo a little bit about it. At some point they had to go to Trey Lance and, and say, Hey, you okay if they do this, if we do this and it all hit. And again, the word that Shanahan used today was shocked, like just shocking developed. They did not think this was going to happen. A lot of stuff happened <laughs> in the meantime, things changed. And they brought Tell it back in. Yet, I, I, I should have realized. I should have realized that Jed York probably was sending me a little signal, though. When you just said they're shocked, I mean, I, I didn't know Kyle Shannon said that, but if he says shocked, like, they decided. What do you mean he's shocked? Like, how could he be shocked? They made the decision, right? No, no, no. Jimmy Garoppolo made the decision, really, because he had to take the restructuring, right? He doesn't have to take the restructuring. They were not going to keep him for $24 million. Like, that's what we knew. Everybody knew that. They could say they were going to, they could keep him for 24 uh, that's what kind of Jed was implying, but they were never going to do that. So he had to agree to restructure the $6.5 million in guarantees, which is a humongous cut. Most nobody takes that kind of cut after taking the team to the NFC Championship game not that long ago and accepting that he would be the back of the trade amps. Now, we can all understand at some point he might really compete. I think he is competing for the starting job, but it's Trey Lance as the number one. That's the way this is going to go. We'll see what happens. He did not have to accept that, and I didn't think he was going to. And I don't think Garoppolo was ready to do it until 
he saw that the options were not there. They're just he he had every you know his agent had permission to try to make a trade. When you're tr- getting permission to try to make a trade, he'd also say, "Hey, if he gets released, what would you guys do?" They knew, they understood, they felt the situation, and Jimmy Garoppolo decided it was better to stay as a backup with the 49ers. That was the big deal here. Uh, now, I don't know that the 49ers were thinking it was the best thing to have Jimmy around anyway with Trey, just because you want to kind of clear the field. But that's with the 24 million. And I thought, okay, what if we have to give him 15? No, we won't. We can't do that. So the situation isn't going to work. When it got down to 6.5 uh, with incentives, that's I think what they were shocked at. They were shocked that they could get Jimmy Garoppolo to accept coming back as the number two for 6.5 million dollars. I think that is the the shocking part to Kyle Shanahan. Mr. Kawakami, it's great to hear your voice. You've been around. (laughs) You've been around that team a long, long time. How do you think the switch now between Jimmy and Trey Lance will play out in the locker room moving forward? It's going to see how, based on how Trey plays. I mean, really, it's a competitive world, and you can say he's number one. You can say they're committed to him, but this shows the truth. They're hedging their bets. Uh, Shanahan and Lynch, and that's fine. Uh, but the locker room is going to react the way the locker rooms always react. Who do they think can win them games? And if Trey Lance starts off well and they're winning games, and, you know, it's a pretty easy start. It's at Chicago, at Seattle at home. So let's say he plays decently and they win those two, there will not, you know, the locker room will be fine with, hey, they like having Jimmy around. Trey's comfortable with Jimmy around. Their personalities match. Uh, but then say they lose week three in Denver and Trey isn't looking so good and he's bouncing some balls because we have seen him be inaccurate throughout camp and in his brief preseason uh, stints. Um, you know, the locker room's going to say, hmm, they got this guy here, number 10. He seems to be doing pretty good on that scout team and getting those second team uh, snaps in practice. I think there will be a pull towards Garoppolo at some point if Lance struggles if they're losing games. And Shanahan, I thought Shanahan would try to knock that down more than he did today. He did not really. He's like, yeah, it's all competition. I asked him, I said, isn't this, this is football. It's the NFL. Isn't this a competition again? And he didn't really, you know, move away from that. Trey Lance is a starter. Everything's up for grabs. Uh, they'll, they'll go from there. Uh, the, the, the main through line is this team is going for This is, team's going for it. They think they've got a great roster. They want to run the ball get the ball to their playmakers, Debo Samuel and others, and play great defense. And they don't want the quarterback to get in the way of that, but the quarterback also make, has to make some plays in some big games. Garoppolo we, hasn't made those big plays, but he's helped them get to the big game a couple times. They're just going to go with this. He's Trey Lance's starter, and if, any, if he gets hurt, I think that's maybe the major point. If he gets injured, Jimmy Garoppolo's there. It's better than having that Nate Sudfeld as the backup. Uh, and if there's a moment where... Jimmy Garoppolo is considered the better quarterback. They're leaving that option open too. It's a, it's a risk, no question. It is not the most full commitment to a number three overall pick quarterback there's ever been in the league. It's probably the least amount of commitment I've seen for when they've done something like that. But hey, as a football decision, it's not terrible. I, I get it. You you may have answered it with this, but let's just say you could get the coaching staff and the players honest. Okay, honest. And let's say that it didn't matter the fact that you drafted him and that he's younger and you got to invest. Let's just say you were just putting the person on the field that the coaches and players think can help them win the Super Bowl this year. That was the only consideration. 
who would be the starter for most of those folks in the organization? I think it would be Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> but, uh, and that's a pretty blunt answer, but I believe that. But you know, maybe it's a different answer in December. I think that's part of this calculation. Uh, they want to see he's a young quarterback. He's not played very much. Played one college game in the in the uh, in 2020 uh, for obvious reasons, and then last year he only played you know parts of three games. Um, they don't know. You know they don't know what they've got. He has not looked super sharp. There's no question about that. Who knows if Garoppolo had been in these practices, maybe he'd look just the same. Like you know, sometimes not playing is the greatest thing you can do to your value. Like oh my God, you have this you know image of Jimmy making these perfect passes and maybe he wouldn't be doing them. I don't know. But right now, like that is a question. I almost asked Shanahan that today, but I don't know what kind of answer he would have given. But like right now, if you took a poll of all the coaches and all the players, who's the best quarterback right now, they would say Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm pretty sure. There you go. Well, good stuff. Tim Kawakami, Athletic Bay Area, has the TK Show podcast. He gets all the guests. The guests give him such good stuff, we don't even realize how good it is at the time. Tim, <laughs> I thank don't you. even realize. Thank you very much for the time. You guys, anytime. There you go. Now, we've talked a lot of football, but we got a basketball guy here. I mean, he's an NBA guy. Like, he, like you know, you go on the NBA courts. This is a guy who's running things. So, we kind of talk a little NBA, specifically – a new extension for R.J. Barrett in New York. Are the Knicks back now? Is it time to start marching towards the playoffs? That's next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It is Kenny Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, R.J. Barrett, well, he's not the co-host. That's Nick Friedel. I'm Matt Jones. But R.J. Barrett has been extended in New York. And, you know, that's nice for him. Four years, $120 million. $120 million, yeah, that is pretty nice for him. It is nice for him. But I guess the question is, is it nice for Nick's fans? I mean, I'm sure they're glad to have R.J. Barrett. But when you give someone four years, $120 million, you're basically saying they are going to take one of the slots that you have to have uh, of top player money. And my question for you is just how good R.J. Barrett is. And I was trying to, to sort of compare him because for a lot of people listening, unless you're in New York, you haven't seen R.J. Barrett play in enough games that mattered. So tell me – Nick, amongst guys that like play in big time playoff games, what level of player is RJ Barrett? Is RJ Barrett better than Chris Middleton? 
Here, I'll tell you what. I'm going to no. give you some players. You tell. Is he better than Chris Middleton? No. Okay, so Chris Middleton is arguably the second or third best player on a championship team. Right. You don't think R.J. Barrett is that? No. Okay. So then is he – I mean, I, I go through these teams. Is he better than Jalen Brunson? This is a problem, Matt. Jalen Brunson is a really good player. R.J. Barrett is a really solid player who could be really good over the next couple so of you, years. you would still have him below Brunson. Yeah, I, I think they're right about the same right now. I think R.J. can go past him over the next couple seasons. But this is the larger issue with the Knicks in the moment because they gave Brunson the money, and they've now given R.J. Barrett the money. And there's still all this speculation about whether or not they can land Donovan Mitchell at some point either before the season or before the trade deadline in February. But, Matt, if the Knicks have Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Donovan Mitchell, where is that team going? I mean, that team's like a six or seven seed at best in the East, right? Yeah, they're, they're good, they're better, but where are you headed? And that is a real problem for an organization that wants to win and has been built around stars when they've been at their best. What it shows me on a larger league note is the reason that the Knicks are willing to pay R.J. Barrett isn't just because they believe in his potential. Same thing for Jalen Brunson. Matt, it's because there's not a lot of turnover right now with stars in the NBA. There are not a lot of guys who are readily available in the league who you think, okay, if I land this guy and I pair him with some other solid players, boom, I'm right there in title contention. That does not exist because so many stars, aside from Kevin Durant in the last couple months, seem locked into where they are and it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere anytime soon. Okay, first of all, I agree with that, but one thing we've seen in the NBA is that stuff can change really quickly. Absolutely. Like, like that can change really quickly. But but be that as it may, I sometimes think the worst place you can be in the NBA is a 7 or 8 seed. Unless you're like Memphis and you're rising, you hit 7 or 8 on your way up. I think that when you're in that no man's land of 7 or 8, you're just – perpetually not good enough to win a title, but also perpetually not good enough to get the guy in the draft that could win you in the title in the future, and you're just there. And I think that's where they're going to be with this. I mean, I guess maybe if you have Don, uh, Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, and Jalen Brunson, you have the trade pieces if a real superstar has discontent, I guess. But I just feel like I, I feel like the Knicks are going to reach their goal, and that goal is going to be losing in the first round of the playoffs every year. You've also just described where the Chicago Bulls are. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the truth. You've got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and some other solid players, but you have a group that unless you get some kind of gigantic breakout season from a guy like Pat Williams – They don't have enough. And, Matt, that is the issue in the league. Some of these rosters can be so top-heavy with stars and everybody else, but if you don't have one of those stars, and the Knicks right now do not have one of those stars, then good luck to you making any noise when it matters the most in the postseason. Well, let me ask you a different question because, you know, I'm a huge NBA fan, and I think most years I would say – 
you know, 19 out of 20 years, you can go into a season and you know one of three or four teams is going to win the title. I mean, you don't, you know, I mean, you got to play it out, but you have a pretty good indication. I would generally say if you let me pick four teams every year, I'm going to get it right 95% of the time. I feel like, though, this year might be different because I sit there and look and see maybe more teams that I could see winning the whole thing than I've ever seen before. I mean, you just go through. I could see Golden State winning again. Phoenix. The Clippers are going to be good again. Or the Clippers will be back to being good. Memphis. Maybe even Denver if they were able to make a trade somewhere. Milwaukee. Boston. Maybe there's a world where things click for Philadelphia. I mean, it feels like to me there's a lot more potential for, for, you know, teams to be great than there is most years and have a real shot at winning the title. Do you agree with that? I think there's a little more than there's been. But I'd caution you just on this front, especially in the East. As we sit here right now, and like you said, with any of these stars, things can change in an instant, and that is absolutely true. But to me, Boston and Milwaukee are just a cut above everybody else in the Eastern Conference. In the West, that's where I think there's a little bit more parity because you would see the Warriors who came out of not nowhere, but they weren't really good two years ago, and then they were great last season, especially down the stretch. So you have the Warriors – You've got Dallas with Luka, although I think they're going to have a little bit of a regression, especially losing Brunson the way they they did. The teams to keep an eye on, to me, in the Western Conference are the Clippers, and you mentioned with Kawhi coming back, and Paul George, and Denver. And do I think Denver is ready to win the title next year? Uh, uh, that would surprise me. But when you have Jokic and you get Murray back, and let's see how Porter looks once he's back out there on the floor – That is a hell of a lot of talent. I don't buy Phoenix. They didn't make any really big splash aside from uh, matching that Aiden offer. But I think that there is a little more leeway moving forward in that conference than there will be if Boston and Milwaukee stay healthy and square off in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let me throw on that Clippers team, my man John Wall. I'm going to make you a prediction. John Wall's good this year. Is he the best player in the league? No. But is he a guy on that Clippers team that could be the third best player on a team that can win the title? I do think, I do believe, Nick, he can be that. Am I crazy? No, but Matt, part of it is this is like any other pro sports league. What have you done for me lately? I know. And people have just forgotten that Wall was that good. But he is a different John Wall. I'm telling you. Like he's he's not going to be what he was when he was at his best, but I think he can be the third best player on a championship team. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Wow, it's an intro to the ad. Here it is. You can save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. See, that's it. Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or progressive.com. Jimmy G. Haven't talked about him much, but guess what? He might be traded or he might start by week seven, which is more likely. That's next here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. I'm Christine Lisi. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan today weighed in on the return of quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo after the sides agreed to a restructured one-year contract. Even Said even though it was pretty shocking to the team, they thought it was a win-win for both sides. Garoppolo will back up Trey Lance but could still get moved this season, notes ESPN's Dan Graziano. They just spent the last six months telling everybody that would listen uh, that they were going to trade him. They wanted to trade him. They gave him permission to seek a trade. The fact that he has a no-trade clause just gives him some say in where he ends up. But what they've done is extended their trade window by two months. The NFL trade deadline is November 2nd. Astros ace Justin Verlander put on the injured list with a right calf injury. Dodgers lefty Clayton Kershaw will return from a lower back issue Thursday against the Mets. NBA Clippers guard John Wall says he considered taking his own life during a time in the last three years when he was dealing with the deaths of family members and a torn Achilles at the height of the coronavirus pandemic. The 31-year-old also said he began attending therapy in order to deal with the losses of his mother and grandmother in the middle of rehabbing his torn Achilles. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Nick Frizzell. I am Matt Jones, and we are joined on the phone by the best to do this. When you talk to her, she knows exactly what she's talking about. Diana Rossini, ESPN's NFL reporter. Diana, I'm going to play you some sound. This is July 26th, Kyle Shanahan asked about Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Here's what he said one month ago. Jimmy understands where we're at. We understand where we're at. Like, I can't tell you how appreciative I have been of Jimmy and him being here and so appreciative of what he did for us last year. And we knew what move we made the year before on that. Um, Jimmy did a hell of a job coming to the camp and winning that job and taking us real close to the Super Bowl. Um, but we have uh, moved on to Trey. We're starting camp out this way. Um, we think Jimmy would have been traded if the surgery didn't happen. Uh, and it did. He needed to do it. So there's no ill will there at all. Now, does that sound like a guy to you, Diana, who was planning on keeping Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> Matt, this is insane. This is without a doubt my favorite story in the NFL only because it's A, so bizarre to me. B, it was so unlikely. 
and 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 see from a personal perspective here, I watched Jimmy Garoppolo at the podium after the NFC Championship game with tears in his eyes. I talked to him afterwards. I talked to Trent Williams afterwards. These guys were a disaster, not just because they lost to the Rams and they weren't going to go to the Super Bowl, but they knew the time, or at least they thought the time with Jimmy was over. And now here we are starting the season, and Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers until whatever happens over the next few weeks, we'll say, in terms of possibly getting a trade or seeing a quarterback get hurt or struggle. We'll see what happens later in the season. Here's what I can tell you. I have been going on TV, Matt, for months, giving this analogy, saying there's no chance that they're going to do this because it would be like your husband, it'd be like my husband, Kevin, coming home and saying, I loved our time together. I met someone else. I see a better future with her. But you can live with us for when we get in fights or something or, you know, to just have you around. Like, that's not, re- that's not realistic, right? That's never yeah. going to happen. And that is exactly what's going on. And, and, and here's the thing. I want to give a, a little bit of a, I guess a nod to Kyle Shanahan. I've been covering him for, for over 10 years now. He's always very transparent with the media. I can't say that about a lot of head coaches. They all lie. And I'm sure Kyle lies too a little bit. But he's very good at just being like, look, this is the scenario. And, you know, it's kind of biting him in the butt now as you're playing that sound because he was being on it. They didn't think he would be on this team. Matt, the guy was going through his shoulder recovery program on the field next to the team while they practiced over the last few weeks here, like that just goes to show you the, the, the healthy relationship that both parties had. But Jimmy wasn't part of the team anymore. They've all moved on because they just figured the trade would go down. And it didn't. Diana, speaking of healthy relationships, we know through the years how popular and respected Jimmy Garoppolo is inside that locker room. What is it that the Niners believe within Trey Lance that they think he will be okay with this transition with Jimmy now literally hovering over his shoulder. Well, that's what makes this interesting because it's either one or the other. It's either they have all the belief and confidence in the world that Trey Lance is the future. And wow, what a great insurance policy to have Jimmy Garoppolo or good. He needs another year. Thank God we have Jimmy, right? It's like, it's like one or the other, but from what I can gather from the conversations I've had over the last few weeks and just obviously we've all seen some really good moments that Trey has shown compared to, you know, little clips that we saw last year. I know he didn't get tons of, of, of time on the field, but there's growth. And, and there's been nothing but really positive things coming out of training camp about Trey Lance. And, so, and some of it I think is to move this bus along because everyone knew that they were going to move. Well, they thought that they were going to move on from Jimmy and that Trey was the guy. So let's build him up. Uh, but, you know, when you have guys like, you know, Trent Williams is a perfect example of, you know, sharing with the media that Trey Lance is making him better. Like, you're talking about the best left tackle in football, you know, saying that this young quarterback is making him better. To me, that that carries weight. And also knowing Trent and knowing how he shares things, he doesn't share much. Um, so, to me, when I, when I saw that quote, I was like, oh, okay. That, that's a really good step uh, for, this, for this team, for this organization. And, you know, when you look at this offensively, Trey Lance gives Kyle Shanahan another wrinkle in his playbook. And he, and he, he truly does. Do I think it 
changes dramatically if they switch back to Jimmy? Not really. Like, this isn't going to be a scenario where, like, how are they going to make both these offenses work? It's not that different. There's just more he can do with a guy like Trey Lance, who's so athletic, who's so mobile, um, and really is kind of like that dream-type quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has has been, been thinking about for years. A much less interesting quarterback battle is taking place or took place in Pittsburgh. You had said for a long time you thought it was Mitch Trubisky's job to lose it. Uh, Mike Tomlin has said, I'm still not naming a, a starter. Why? And is it still Mitch Trubisky's job? Yes. Uh, from the conversations I had today with my sources in Pittsburgh, it's kind of like a copy-paste scenario, meaning copy-paste is Mitchell Trubisky's job. Uh, it's it's for him to lose, which, you know, already sets you up in such a negative light. But but that's essentially how they're they're looking at it. And 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 here's the thing, they they have been so impressed, so impressed with the rookie. And and I think even he's exceeded some of their expectations, the way he's conducted himself himself in the meeting rooms, his understanding of the playbook, even his play on the field, like we saw. But we also saw a lot more in that last preseason game from Mitchell Trubisky that makes sense of why you would go with a veteran quarterback for now. And and do, do I think it's going to be tough for Mitchell Trubisky to keep him off uh, as the season goes? Yeah, I, I do. But I would certainly be very, very surprised if, um, it, you know, Coach flipped this and decided that he wanted to go with the rookie instead because all the conversations I've been having, it's, you know, this is Mitchell's job. This has been the plan from day one, this is why they acquired him. Um, and, and they're impressed with Mitchell, too. This isn't like, you know, they're just okay on him. They, they're, they're happy with, with what he's been able to do. And with a defense like that, both quarterbacks should be happy. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, crushed it as always. Diana, thank you. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you next on Sunday morning, week one. I know, Matt. I can't. It's so funny. When I first heard you say hello to me, I was like, oh, my goodness, here we go. Football is back. Because I know with your voice, we're chatting. I'm usually in some weird tunnel, hiding, trying to keep the sound out so you can hear me, uh, and running around like a chicken with my my head cut off. So it's nice to not be doing that right now, but I'm excited for the season to start. So we'll talk soon. Not a lot of gravelly mountain draws like mine talk to you on the radio, (laughs) but thank you very much. Fortunately, you have Nick there for you. He'll keep it clear with that deep voice. Yes, that's right. There should be more gravelly mountain draws. We need to get we need to get you sounding like Nick. You ever heard of Tyler Childers, the country singer? No, but well, you uh, need to you need to try it out. Then you'll you can sound like me. Now Notre Dame is a seventeen point five point underdog this Saturday. That's crazy. Crazy seventeen and a half points. And head coach Marcus Freeman, he doesn't like the odds. He's upset. Should they be 17-and-a-half-point underdogs? That's next on Kenny and Carlin. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. If you want to talk to us, if you just want to hear Nick Friedel's voice, hit up the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. We will answer your calls and might even put you on the radio. I'm Matt Jones. He's Nick Friedel. Let me read you this story, Nick, see what you think. Nick Kyrgios, he's a person I have a long history with. I covered him at the U.S. Open when he was 15, and he yelled at me for coughing, saying I was coughing too loud, which is hard to hear when you're in your 30s and it's a 15-year-old telling it to you. But he said 
that after making the finals of Wimbledon, he almost didn't even come to the U.S. Open. Said, quote, staying a single spot for three weeks can be exhausting. And to know that I can do that and go about the things the right way and take every practice session, every recovery session, everything the right way, I have confidence in the back of my mind from Wimbledon. But also, I'm the type of player that if I had won Wimbledon, I probably wouldn't have even played the U.S. Open. A big part of me just wants the U.S. Open to be over so I can go home. There you go. Do you think it's weird that he then said, everyone gets to go home on the tour, they get to take a cheeky little flight back home to reset, there's no other type of tennis player who understands the homesickness we have apart from Australians. Nick, do you think that's a weird quote in the middle of one of the Grand Slams? Yes, and I think he's weird. And after all, watching all the on-court antics for years, Matt, I just shake my head with Kyrgios because I think this guy is making millions of dollars. He's one of the very best professional tennis players in the game. A zillion different people would change spots with him in a second, and he seems to always find ways – to make things worse, not only for himself, but to irritate people and wear on their nerves. And this, for me, is the latest example of that. He also has never won anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, if he ever won something, I mean, Wimbledon's the best performance he's ever had. But if he ever won something, maybe I would understand. But when he was, I, I always hate when athletes are like, woe is me. I didn't even want to come here. Well, nobody made you, Nick. If you want to stay home, do it. Everybody will be fine. I mean, nobody's sitting there timing, you know, their watch by when Nick Kyrgios plays. I just – it's tough because I hate to be mean, but when you when you meet a 15-year-old kid and you're like, I know this guy's going to be the worst, and then it happens, it's not surprising. And I met him at 15. He yelled at me for coughing. Now, I've never forgiven the guy, and now today I feel like he gets his comeuppance because he's always complaining, he's always whining, and he has never won a thing. So hush, Nick Kyrgios. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, the big game this week, if you're just looking at the names of the teams, probably the best game might be Utah at Florida. But if you're just looking at the names of the programs, Notre Dame and Ohio State looks like a pretty amazing game. And you look at it and you say, wow, these are two of the historic programs. But what if I told you that Notre Dame is a 17-and-a-half-point underdog? That's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't even know when the last time they've been a 17-and-a-half-point underdog in the regular season is. But... Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame's head coach, had some strong thoughts about it. Here's what he said. Well, I didn't know that I'm going to write that down. You said 17 and a half points, right? <laughs> we'll use that in the team meeting today, you know. Um, it's good to know. You know, I haven't paid much attention to the spread, but I remember that one time we were on college game day. I said, just keep making go up and up. Now, I think they said that on college game day. It went up and up and they lost. So my question for you is, does it, it are you surprised or does that seem like it's about right Ohio State should be that big a fake Matt I don't know much <laughs> but I do know that when I talk to my friends who both went to Notre Dame and who are heavy into the gambling game a lot of them think that's not enough I have not talked to one person as far as this game goes on Saturday between Notre Dame and Ohio State that thinks it's going to be close it feels like the Buckeyes have so much more talent and even more than the talent, the continuity, because 
Day has been there, and everybody knows what to expect, and they're at home, and Freeman's in his first regular season game, and everything seems to be against the Irish. But if I am Marcus Freeman, I am running into the locker room every day, and I'm hoping that thing keeps going up. And I am I am using it as motivation because so many people have come out and said, eh, I don't know if that's enough points. But as far as the spread goes, it feels like, even the most ardent Notre Dame supporters are going, eh, it could get real ugly on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is going to stink this year. I mean, I don't understand why we are so hesitant to say that an elite program can have a down year. But now, are they going to stink, or are they just going to get blown out potentially in this game? Well, I think they're going to st- – well, okay. It's relative. I mean, are they going to go four and eight? No. Now, part of it is Notre Dame doesn't play the Notre Dame schedule you and I think of, where they play ten power teams, and you know, I think they'll they'll have two or three good games this year. I think they play Clemson this year, but in general, they're going to still finish eight and four, seven and five. But when you're talking about elite programs for this year, they stink. Now, I think they're on a good trajectory. They're recruiting okay. But this is a year where there's a gap, basically. They don't have the skill position players they normally do, and there's just a little gap that they're not going to be good. And Ohio State is either the first or second best team in the country, depending on how you look at it. So they're going to get blown out. Plus, Ohio State hasn't hosted Notre Dame in something like 30 years. So it's going to be a huge event in Columbus. Place is going to go crazy, and they're going to blow them out. 17 and a half, when you get up to that amount, it's probably, you know, it might be a a garbage touchdown that decides it. But if you made me bet on this, I would bet on Ohio State to cover. I would too. On top of the fact that the emotions in place here matter going to be off the charts. Marcus Freeman was here at the Seaport Studios a few weeks back. And we were talking. And he, I think even he can't believe that he's going back in his first uh, first game as head coach Notre Dame in the regular season. And he's playing his alma mater in Columbus. Because I think there was this feeling when, when he got the job, oh, he's been at Notre Dame a long time. No, he went to Ohio State. He played in the NFL for a little while. He's been at Notre Dame for a second, but his roots are in Columbus at Ohio State. So that part of this, to me, especially when you're looking at the line that's already that big, I think there's going to be so much that overwhelms that Notre Dame team on top of what you mentioned, which is the talent between those two squads right now just isn't close. Now, with those five-star recruits that are piling up all over the place the next couple years, maybe it will change, but... 17 and a half. Not only would I bet on Ohio State, I would be heavy on the Buckeyes in week one. Now, the other two games that are very interesting is you've got some Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it is now. I never can keep up with the numbers. But versus SEC schools. Oregon plays Georgia in Atlanta. And then you have uh, Utah playing in Gainesville in the swamp uh, at Florida. I don't know that Oregon's going to have much for Georgia. But I do think these two games are – if the Pac-12 wants to matter as a conference this year, they, I think, have to have Oregon be competitive. And I think Utah has to win. I mean, they're ranked seventh. Florida is down this year. I mean, again, Florida's a name, but this isn't the Florida team that you're accustomed to. Their quarterback's really good. But besides him, they are way down talent. Billy Napier's going to maybe bring them back. But right now they're down – 
So if you're going to matter as a conference, the Pac-12's got to get at least one win in those two games. And in that one, Matt, to me, it's got to be Utah because anybody who has watched the Utes the last couple of years, they know there is a lot of talent in that program, and they know that defense, when they want to be, can be pretty nasty. Now, can you take that on the road to Gainesville and make it work? We'll see. As far as Dan Lanning in the kind of homecoming in Atlanta playing against his former Bulldogs, I think Oregon can keep it close, but I don't think they can win. As far as a winner goes, the point about the Pac-12 is very well taken, and it's got to be Utah who sets that tone. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, maybe they could – I mean, that Georgia, it's in Atlanta. It's supposed to be a neutral game, but it's going to be all Georgia fans. Florida's got to be – got a new coach there, Billy Napier, and if he's not careful, they will start out 0-2 with two home losses to Utah and Kentucky. You don't want to do that if you're a new coach. You can be a part of Candy and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one you deserve. 